Pastor and author Francis Chan says, walking in the Spirit does not mean that you walk and then ask the Spirit to bless the direction you're going. We do that with God. We, we want to control God and tell Him what we would like to see Him do. But ultimately, we're called to follow Jesus. In the same way we're called to follow the Holy Spirit and keep in step with Him, we're not asking, Holy Spirit, keep in step with me, but let me walk and keep in step with you. And I love the promise of that. It says, and you will not gratify the flesh. You will not gratify the desires of the flesh because you can't do both at once. This is Family Life Today. Our host is the president of Family Life, Dennis Rainey, and I'm Bob Lapine. What does it look like when we're walking in the power of the Holy Spirit? We're going to unpack that today. Stay tuned. And welcome to Family Life Today. Thanks for joining us. I just got in trouble because I asked to see a picture of our guest's wife. Now, here, let me, let me, just, let me just explain why I did this, okay? In yeah, your, why in don't your, you explain this, Bob? In your book, Crazy Love. Yes. This is, by the way, our, our guest, Francis Chan, back with us. Welcome back to Family Life Thank Today. Thank you. In your book, Crazy Love, you, you share an illustration about about people seeing your family picture and seeing your wife and going, how did how did you get her, exactly. right? Yeah, it just doesn't fit, doesn't make sense. And, when you... and so as soon as you share the illustration, I'm going, well, I want to see a picture of the guy's wife. But I realized it's not right to say, I'd like to see a picture of your wife and see if she's really hot. Well, and, I'll and just I, take your word for it. And I'm looking at his book that we're talking about on the broadcast here again today, Forgotten God, and they forgot they forgot Francis's uh, picture That's a marketing issue. They thought the picture would not help sell exactly, the book. Exactly, exactly. It kind of hurt the sales with crazy love. So. Well, Francis is a pastor. He is uh, a husband uh, to his wife, Lisa, three daughters and a son. And we've been talking about the forgotten God, and that is the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And I went on my Facebook and mentioned earlier this week that uh, um, I wanted people to describe him in one word. And in a second, Bob, I'm coming to you for your word, okay? But I had some really good words Francis, that people gave. See if you don't like this one by Rebecca. Relentless. It's hmm, great. Isn't that a great, great. word to describe the Holy Spirit? Uh, another one came meshing. Hmm. The idea of not con- moshing. No, meshing. Connecting yeah. us with God. Uh, Dave wrote molding. Molding. Hmm. Uh, Don said, and I like this one. Alluring. Hmm. Alluring. Uh, Clarifier was what Dave said. I really like that one because he does clarify a lot. And then the last one I'll share is by Terry. One word, new start. Hmm. Wow. Isn't that good? That's beautiful. That's what's yours, Bob. Well, you're, you're not going to like it, but my word's pericoleo. You know, I just went right to the Greek and came up oh, with... Now, wow, but here's, you're really spiritual. Thank you. Here's, he is really spiritual. The, Brilliant. Actually, I, th- I thought of two things. I thought of <laughs> paraclete and I thought of pneuma, which are both biblical words. Let me explain why I thought of those. In the okay? original language, let's just clarify that. Paraclete, you know, when you stop and think about a parasite, what is a parasite? It's something that attaches itself to you and sucks the life out of you. Well, a paraclete is something that attaches itself to you and breathes life into you, gives life to you. The Holy Spirit is not a parasite. He's a paraclete. Mm-hmm. He attaches himself to us and gives us life. And, of course, the other word, pneuma, 
which shows up. Uh, it, it can be either wind or spirit in the Bible, mm-hmm. and and it's it's breath, it's life. So you ask me what my word is. I guess the simple word is to say it's life. The Holy Spirit is life. Apart from the Spirit of God, there is no life. Where the Spirit is, there is life. Right? There should be life. How'd that do, oh, Pastor? That I do okay. Beautiful. That's Thank wonderful. Wow. He got I'm out impressed. of that in a hurry. Didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Gave a little Greek. He actually lesson. cheated and gave two words though. Did you I, notice I that? I noticed that too. And then he ended up with another one. Life. <laughs> you, you know, why don't you say life to begin with? There you go. He wanted to show off his knowledge, <laughs> there they go. which no. is not of the Spirit. No, that's <laughs> arrogance. I Come repent. On. Knowledge puffeth up. There exactly. We go. There you go. Well, we are talking about the Holy Spirit, though, and helping listeners understand Him, who He is, why He came, His work in a in a believer's life, and for that matter, in an unbeliever. And you said you had a story of a couple um, that if we have a, if we have somebody right now who's listening who's outside the faith, this might encourage them. Exactly, because this is what should uh, use that word alluring. This is what, what what attracts us about God is when you see a, a life completely changed. Mike was a guy that came to our church, and he only came in order to bother his ex-wife. In, in other words, they had been divorced for seven years. This guy, the reason why his wife left him was because he cheated with one of the neighbors. Then he cheated on the neighbor on the other side. And mm. I mean, just a, a mess of a guy. And he, he'll tell you the whole story. A good friend of mine. And he comes to church because he found out that she started going to church. And so he would bring the kids on the off weeks, but he did it to bug her because she couldn't stand seeing his face. To irritate her. Yeah, to irritate her. He goes, that was my only motive was to annoy her Man. because he had so much bitterness toward her. But as he was there, <laughs> something happened. He started hearing the message and it opened his eyes and he gave his life to the Lord. And he comes in my office and he goes, Francis, you're going to think I'm crazy, but... I believe God wants me to approach her and ask her out. It's been seven years that we've been divorced. I think I'm supposed to remarry her. Do you think this is crazy? And it's part of me going, yeah, but (laughs) I've also read the scriptures and seen, and I told him, I go, Mike, God has done crazier things in scripture. Sure enough, I had the honor of doing their remarriage about five or six years ago. And this couple comes back together, falls in love with the Lord, and just this the transforming nature of the Holy Spirit, what he can do in a person's life to put together not just struggling marriages, mm-hmm. but even marriages that have ended. You talk about, what was it, new birth um, or, or new life or, or whatever. that New, new start. start. New start. That's exactly it. It's never too late. And I know people really understand that. God wants to take people who feel like it's too late. God wants, he, this, is his, this is his pattern. What does he do? He gets the people to the edge of the Red Sea and go, we're dead. No, 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 now I'll save you. <laughs> he gets people where they're starving and going, no, watch, I'll just make manna appear. He loves to do that. He, he loves to put Jesus in the tomb and say, okay, it's over, it's done. No, it's not. Watch what happens. You know, one of the things you're helping us do as we talk about this, or at least helping me do, is is redefine supernatural. Because when we think of something being supernatural, at least I, I generally think of here are the laws of nature. Supernatural means going against the laws of nature. So flying, for me to fly is supernatural. Walking on water. Yeah, yeah. Or, or food appearing out of nowhere. That's supernatural. But 
there's another sense of the supernatural. Our, our nature is is a depraved, selfish, self-focused nature. What the Holy Spirit does is he changes our nature. And, and what you describe with this couple coming back and this guy saying, I know this sounds weird, but I want to ask her out. Well, that was against the nature he'd been displaying. That was a supernatural moment. We, we really have to stop and realize when God takes selfish, sinful, self-absorbed people and puts a new heart in them, there's something supernatural when they display kindness, goodness, gentleness, graciousness, faithfulness, all of these things. That's supernatural. Yeah, because the Bible says that we were dead. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. We were enslaved to them. We we could do nothing but sin. And then suddenly we've been given this power to put to death, Romans 8 says, to put to death the deeds of the flesh. Well, I can I, I can overcome these things I was never able to overcome before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in fact, um, I want to take you to uh, Galatians chapter 5. And um, Galatians 5 is just a great passage where it, where it talks about how the deeds of the flesh, which is what you were just talking about there, and the fruit of the Spirit are contrasted with one another. And, and here's what I want you to comment on, Francis. It says here in verse 16, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. You will not carry out the deeds of the flesh. The phrase or the word that I'm focusing on here is the word walk. Walk by the Spirit. What does it mean to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit day by day? Because we talked about earlier, there is one baptism of the Holy Spirit that occurs at the point in time a person places their faith in Christ and they're forgiven of their sin. Uh, The Holy Spirit comes and indwells them. It doesn't mean he controls them and that that person is empowered by him. But now that we come to this word, walk by the Spirit, help us understand what that means. Yeah, some Bibles say keep in step with the Spirit, and it's a step by step. It's it's not just a one-time action, but you continue it. Remember, He is a person. He is a person who leads and directs, and we have to constantly be saying, Holy Spirit, like right now, I should be saying, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to say right now? And then five minutes from now, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? Because he's a person. I don't want to make this silly, but it's almost like a GPS system that says, okay, now turn right, now turn left, now go. It's it's that type of ongoing direction that we should seek from him. It's, It's a practice of the awareness, the presence, the Spirit is with you, not ignoring that, not wearing headphones that tune him out, the noise canceling headphones, exactly. but instead saying, He's here. I need to be constantly, consciously aware. I'm thinking of the old classic book, Practicing the Presence of God. Well, the Holy Spirit is the presence of God with us, and we need to practice the reality that that he's here with us in the studio indwelling all of us. Yeah, and and he does lead us. That's one of his... one of his functions of what he does as a person. He guides and controls us as individuals. You write in your book, Francis, that at times we can reverse roles and try to lead the Spirit. Exactly. I, I think we do that with we do that with God. We we want to control God and tell him what we would like to see him do. Which which, you know, God does tell us. 
Tell me your desires. Tell me what you want. Pray for the things that you desire. But ultimately, we're called to follow Jesus in the same way we're called to follow the Holy Spirit and keep in step with him. We're not asking Holy Spirit, keep in step with me, but let me walk and keep in step with you. And I love the promise of that. It says, and you will not gratify the flesh. You will not gratify the desires of the flesh because you can't do both at once. Mm-hmm. You can't say, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? And start pursuing that. You won't sin at the same time. So, it's when you stop walking in the Spirit that you start going with your own spirit and what you desire and what you would want to do at that moment. And so a, a mom of a teenager, the teenager flies off and gets angry and tries to pull the mom off into an emotional mud puddle. Exactly. Uh, that mom can be filled with the Spirit Yes, and not end up... Um, matching emotion for emotion with the teenager. Yeah. If at that moment she she prays and says, Lord, how would you want me to respond right now? But typically we don't. We react in the flesh. It's so easy to do. It is. It It comes naturally. (laughs) Exactly. Not supernaturally, as as Bob mentioned earlier. You know, I think the word supernatural, back to that point just for a moment— what we're really talking about here is is God invading our lives on a day-in and day-out basis and us experiencing Him. Um, in, you know, um, God does speak to people today. Now, I'm not talking about giving them books that need to be the next book of the Bible. But I, I do believe God guides. He puts impressions upon us. He does lead and direct us and and may at times say things to us where we just need to go back and say something to the guy at Starbucks. Let me unpack this a little bit with you because, you know, there are some folks who are a little nervous with with what Dennis just said. And and you know the reason why, because there are people who are running around saying, well, I, I remember a guy walking up to a car dealer and putting his hands on the car and said, God told me that you should give me this car. And you go, well, I'd like to see the chapter and verse on that. And he said, well, God just spoke to my heart. So how do we deal with this idea that that the Spirit is speaking to us? How do we know the voice of the Spirit if, in fact, that's happening today? Well, the Bible says to test the spirits, to see what's truly of Him. So every time we believe that the Lord is leading us to do something, what I do is run through the grid of Scripture. He's not going to deny something that He said earlier. For example, in the Corinthian church, Paul says, listen, some of you guys are saying Jesus is accursed. And you're saying that the Holy Spirit told you that. There's no way, because that contradicts the Scriptures. He tells us, test the spirits. And so there are times like that when you sense the Spirit is telling you to go speak to this person. Tell them about the love of God. Go to this place. And I've heard some really amazing stories that way. But test the spirits. You know, I received a phone call uh, earlier today from a friend who lives in Southern California. His name is Danny. And... um, Danny, uh, Danny just called. He said, I just want you to know I'm, I'm, I'm turning 50, and God has used the radio broadcast and some of the things you've done there at Family Life in my life uh, in a profound way. And I just wanted to call and say thank you. Hmm. Well, you know, when you're on the receiving end of this, I, I ended up telling him, I said, you know, these economic times are kind of beginning to feel like Groundhog Day. Hmm. I feel like I've been here before, and it's a bit of a challenge. And I just... I just want to thank you for taking the initiative to call me and just to say thank you. You know, I don't think there's enough of that. 
in the body of Christ. And I, I'm going to go even further to say I don't think there's enough of that specifically for pastors and teachers and people who coach our children, whether they're winning or losing in athletics. I think there are people who uh, are, are pouring their lives out on behalf of us, and, and um, they're making an impact on our lives. And sometimes the Spirit of God does nudge us. And I'm glad he nudged my friend Danny because I started my day with a bit of a of a skip in my step. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. And, and there have been times when it's been even greater than that for me where a person will say, it was weird, but at 11.15 last night, I had this impression that I was supposed to get on my knees for you at that moment. Was anything going on? I, go, I can't believe you just said that. You know, something was, mm-hmm. I, I get that. And then my wife and I, at different times, my wife will feel this strong impression that she was supposed to pray for someone or call someone. And the times when she does, it's the timing, but also the times when she doesn't. I, I think that's even been more convicting. She tells me, I totally felt like I was supposed to call this person and I didn't. And then the next day I found out, oh, they could have so used that call right at that moment mm-hmm. and I didn't do it. I mean, why not go with it? Why, why not? If you test the spirits and say, what, what harm could this do? Right. This, is, this could only encourage, and maybe it's of God, and maybe it's going to be really amazing. But, but either way, let's just be faithful. Mm-hmm. I do think one of the things you're pointing out in, in all of this is that if, we are, are, if we're fundamentally focused on others, where we're looking at the people around us and asking the question, God— who do you want me to love and serve today? Who are you going to put in my path that I can minister to in some way, whether it's a word of encouragement like the one that came to Dennis or or just somebody you can pray for? We, we have to have an orientation on our day that we're here not so much for our own good, our own pleasure, our own service. We're here to love and serve others and to love and serve God. And when we're starting off with that orientation, then we are looking around and saying, who do you want me to serve? And living my life not so much for me, but to love and serve others. Yeah, because you believe that today there is something you're supposed to do. You were created with a purpose. Today is not a throwaway day. There's something God wants me to do today. I remember one time... I, I was in Colorado. I just got there, and I got to the house I was staying, and I had to call for the rental car place. They were going to bring the car over, and I just I, I just got on my knees and said, God, I don't want just some guy to come over and bring me the car, and then I drive him back to the place and come back here. I said, bring the right person. I, I'm here for a reason. Even the rental car guy should be impacted by me, so do something. I tell you, the guy came, picked me up within five minutes, less than five minutes, I promise you, less than five minutes in the car, I just go, man, how are you doing? He starts bawling. He starts pouring his whole life out to me. I lay out the whole gospel. I end up picking that guy up later in the week and taking him to a, a local church. I mean, it was it was a, a supernatural experience because I believed. I, I believed that this was not a throwaway day. This wasn't even a throwaway drive. You were focused on mission, and the Absolutely. mission was outside of you, and God opens up all kinds of things when that's our focus. When you want it. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? That's a soapbox for me right there. I personally believe there are all kinds of ministries that need to be started, empowered, led, driven by the lay men and women who are listening to this broadcast. 
I mean not just tens of thousands. I'm talking hundreds of thousands and millions of ministries. And I'm not talking about ministries that even have a name. I'm just talking about ministries of kindness to reach out to a neighbor whose marriage may be going through uh, some some valleys, reach out to a child that may be down the street or a friend of one of your kids. But it's it's the idea of stepping into the spiritual battle as laymen and women and saying, you know what? This battle is not just for Francis Chan, the pastor in Simi Valley, or for Bob Lapine or Dennis Rainey. This battle is mine. I need to seize the moment and be there. And, and you tell a story in your book about a guy by the name of Dave Phillips who sensed God calling him to respond to the Holy Spirit and engage in a ministry. And in this case, it was a ministry with a name. I mean, he had to go do it full time. But share that story with our listeners. Yeah, I don't remember all the details that's in my book, but basically Dave, who started Children's Hunger Fund, he, he just believed that God was leading him to start a relief agency and to care for those who are in need. And so he starts it out of his garage and right after he starts at the Northridge earthquake takes place right there in his backyard. And so immediately this platform to give away all these things. Then he gets this phone call from some obscure place saying they need this certain drug and only two companies make it, but it's just a, a, it costs a fortune. But he says, all these people are going to die if we don't get this drug and it's some 26 letter drug and he doesn't even know what it means. He just writes down all of the letters and and he says, I, I don't know how I'm going to get this, but I will pray about it. And they prayed on the phone. He hangs up. As he hangs up the receiver, the phone, he hadn't even let go of the phone yet. And it rings. And it's some drug company, one of the two companies that make this drug. And they ask him, would you have any need for this drug? And not only do we have a ton of it, but we Hmm. will ship it anywhere in the world for you. Hmm. How do you explain that? How do you explain that outside of God? But it occurred because Dave was obedient to the Spirit's prompting and leading him to begin to make a difference. And there are some listeners who need to start ministries to, to orphans, to premarrieds, to marriages, to families. I mean, there are all kinds of ministries in local churches that need to be started right now by laymen, not held apart for the paid professional. And here's the deal. Some of you are listening right now, and when we talk about God's will for these great things, you immediately think, okay, does he want me to start a relief organization? Does he want me to move to Thailand right now? Oh, wait, slow down, slow down, slow down. But the Bible teaches when we're faithful with little— then he's going to trust more to us. There you go. I believe that the best thing that some of you can do, right? because I agree with you, Dennis, that there need to be hundreds of thousands of people that are beginning these ministries. I believe, I, I would take it a step further. I would say, right now, could it be possible that the Holy Spirit wants you to maybe even stop listening? Sorry, <laughs> but maybe stop listening to us. And maybe even right now, God is leading you to go and do something, something small that isn't starring this major organization, but but keeping right. in step with the Spirit. Right. Maybe, well, we'll wait till the broadcast is over, you know, before the next show. 
<laughs> maybe maybe you, you're supposed to just turn off the radio and go and do something right now. And if the Spirit's leading you to do that, do it. And you'll be amazed what will come next and what will come next, what will come next. But you got to take that first small step of faith, just like Dave did. It, it's like Abraham. Just just leave your, leave your country. I'll tell you what's going to happen next. <laughs> you, you know, you wouldn't even get the whole plan right now. But just take this first step of faith. And, and I like what you said. It's very simple. He who is faithful in little, much more shall be given to him. Mm. Start with what, with what God's placed on your heart and do that. Just, just be obedient today. And back to James, don't be merely hearers of the word, but doers mm. of the word. Mm. I was at a conference with uh, college students, and they were so fired up. And I, I remember just telling them, I go, Hey, if I told you tonight that some of you could get on a plane with me and we would go to Thailand and try to rescue these kids, but we may lose our lives tonight, I bet you some of you would come with me. And you see all these heads nodding. Because you guys are insane. You would give your lives for the sake of the gospel. I said, but how many of you are willing to get up early tomorrow and get on your knees and pray to God and read the word? How many of you are willing to go back to your dorm room and speak a word to your friend? Sometimes we want the large, huge, amazing, splash, die for the gospel moment. (laughs) But my question is, is why would God entrust you with that type of huge ministry if you're not faithful to even get on your knees and, and beg him for the souls of your friends right now? If you're not faithful to get into his word today, in other words, it's almost like we'll do the big thing but why would he entrust us with the big things if we're not faithful in the little? Well, I, I think our listeners by now have uh, have probably noticed that this week we've had a pastor and a shepherd in the uh, in the studio with us, a Bob. Passionate pastor and shepherd. <laughs> he just took over just a few moments ago, <laughs> and we're going to wrestle it back from him and send him back to California. But you know what? It's been great to have you here, Francis. And uh, I just wish you uh, Godspeed and and uh, His favor upon you. Pray you'll keep preaching this message and others, and hope you'll come back and visit us again sometime. Thanks, Dennis. It's been a great time. Thanks, Bob. And when you do, bring uh, bring your daughter Mercy with you, and uh, we'll uh, teach her how to catch a catfish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she would love that. <laughs> if our if our listeners want to catch a copy of your book, they can go to our website, familylifetoday.com. We've got uh, copies of the book available there. It's called The Forgotten God. It's all about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, and I think it's a great a great primer for those who are not familiar with what the Bible teaches about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, and a great reminder for those who may have looked at what the Scriptures teach before, but they they could stand a refresher. Again, the title of the book is The Forgotten God. You can go to familylifetoday.com to request a copy of the book from us. Order online if you'd like, familylifetoday.com. Or call to order The Forgotten God by Francis Chan. The toll-free number is 1-800-FL-TODAY. 1-800-F as in family, L as in life, and then the word today. You know, here at Family Life, we are committed to providing practical, biblical help for your marriage and for your family. That's what 
this daily radio program is really all about. We want to make sure that you understand your relationship with God, how that is supposed to work, because that impacts your relationship with one another and how that's supposed to work. And it impacts how you relate to your children and how you raise your children, train them up. And so here at Family Life Today, we try to stay focused on the key issues facing couples in marriage and facing parents as they raise their sons and daughters. And we appreciate those of you who recognize the importance of this kind of spiritual dialogue and who help make it possible through your financial support. We couldn't do all that we do without your partnership with us, and we're grateful for it. Today, if you're able to make a donation to Family Life Today, we'd like to say thank you by sending you a conversation we had not long ago with Mark and Grace Driscoll about some of the early issues they faced in their marriage and how a husband and wife can be great friends in a marriage relationship. We'll send you those CDs when you make a donation to support this ministry. Simply go to Family Life Today, click the button that says I Care and make an online donation or call 1-800-FL-TODAY to make a donation over the phone. When you do, ask for the CDs with Mark and Grace Driscoll. We'll send those to you. Or you can request those CDs in writing. Send a donation to Family Life Today at Box 7111, Little Rock, Arkansas, and the zip code is 72223. And with that, we hope you have a great weekend. Hope you and your family can worship together this weekend. And I hope you'll join us back on Monday. We're going to share with you some recent highlights of uh, time we spent at sea with uh, about a thousand couples on the Family Life Today Love Like You Mean It Marriage Cruise. Uh, We're just back from that, and we've got uh, some highlights that feature folks like Gary Chapman and Crawford and Karen Loritz and uh, Dennis Rainey and Alex Kendrick. We'll share some of that with you next week. Hope you can tune in for that. I want to thank our engineer today, Keith Lynch, and our entire broadcast production team. On behalf of our host, Dennis Rainey, I'm Bob Lapine. We will see you back next time for another edition of Family Life Today. Family Life Today is a production of Family Life of Little Rock, Arkansas. Help for today. Hope for tomorrow.